You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class? Lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being. And not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gives you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to Yoga Magic Friends. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard. I'm so glad you're tuning in this Thursday or in the future if you're listening then. I have been editing this episode that you're hearing today and I'm just, oh, I'm just like emotional and proud to be connected to this guest, Julia Carroll. She's a fierce and strong woman who's really taking her joy into her own hands. And that's something that I want all of us to experience. So just get ready for the ride, y'all. It's a really beautiful conversation. I'm recording this in my kitchen before we're about to head out on spring break. I always feel like before trips, I'm cramming everything in last minute. And yeah, it's just, you know, we were good on urgency over here. We're heading to Arizona to spend some time with my partner's parents and their extended family. And it's, yeah, I'm just really pregnant. (laughs) So... I don't know. I'm not too far along that I can't travel, but I definitely, I mean, I'm wearing like those ridiculous compression socks on the plane and it's just a vibe. So it's kind of funny we're talking about motherhood today because I feel like I'm whining a lot about this stage, mostly because it's really, it's very challenging. I'm obviously so grateful. I just, I think as women, we are literally rock stars that we do some of these things just like all the time. I mean, like get our periods and have children and, you know, put up with a patriarchy. So, <laughs> but really I fully intend on doing a whole lot of nothing and just like laying in the sun on spring break. So if you see me Instagramming my swollen feet from the pool, that's, that is the vibe. <laughs> okay. So the other day I posted about a few of my favorite Amazon self-care products. I get a lot of questions about like, Hey, I, you know, what are some simple things you like to do? And most of it is free. I will admit most of the practices that I recommend, meditation, breath work, movement are all super free. Sometimes though, especially in airy season, it's nice to indulge a little and buy a tool or, you know, a little treat, an undry patch or something to up your self-care game. So I put a bunch of those on Instagram, but wanted to share with you if you are at all interested in in fun self-care, some of the fave things that I'm loving at the moment. So number one, my dry brush. A dry brush is like a coarse brush for the body. And I use it at night before I take my bath or hot shower as I'm winding down. And with dry brushing, you're literally just brushing your body and you're brushing towards your heart at all times. I mean, it really sloughs away dead skin. It helps with circulation. I'm trying to get that lymphatic drainage going so I'm not swelling so much. And this is something I really enjoy. So I'll dry brush and then I'll put on either like a jojoba oil or a flax seed oil or hemp seed. I lied, hemp seed oil. And then I'll take a bath or a shower. So it like seals in the moisture and it's just really exfoliating and lovely. So that is a whole like $7 on Instagram. My next favorite is my new bougie white water bottle. Tinks, the influencer Tinks calls them the emotional support water bottles. Just like, you know, you're, you're that person who always has a water bottle with you <laughs> wherever you go. I'm like, I literally, I could not stop laughing when I realized that I do that. I mean, a lot of us do that, right? Like you don't go anywhere without a water bottle. And I, I think about, I'm like, what did we do pre- water bottles. I mean, I guess there were water bottles when we were kids, but like, I don't remember carrying a water bottle to high school. Did you guys, I don't know, maybe I was, maybe I'm too old, but my fave water bottle is up (laughs) on the list. The next item I'm loving is my Amber reading light. I've talked about it, Ignazium. So if you've heard this before, I love to read right before bed or in the bathtub, even if I can, with this like light that hooks on to my 
book to a physical book and it's it's kind of low lighting but it's enough that I can see well and it's amber light so it's not any blue light and I get really sleepy it's just like a perfect vibe at night I kind of intend on doing that when baby's here and I can just if I'm up nursing all night I'll just read at the same time I've got this down (laughs) the next one are my favorite favorite under eye patches they are the honest hazel h hazel cactus collagen under eye patches and my trick with these is that I keep them in the fridge at all times on nights where I have really rough sleep which has been a lot lately (laughs) I will take those out in the morning and it like it just makes me feel a little bit better it just brings a little bit of joy that like okay I can remove these bags under my eyes (laughs) even just for a few hours those patches there's a number of really great ones I put a couple other ideas on um, the Amazon list there's some cute ones Wander has some that like have stars on them (laughs) there's some rose gold ones there's a whole bunch so check those out but my favorite favorite tried and true are the honest hazel cactus collagen because they just they bring a little bit of that puff down in the eyes Uh, The next one is my favorite like daily essential oil that I diffuse. It's by Now Foods and it's called Cheer Up Buttercup. And it's this really like bright citrusy scent. So I'll just diffuse that in the morning. And I like I literally feel like it wakes me up a little bit. And it's so not expensive. You know, I I sometimes think oils can get really expensive. You can get this at the grocery store. So it's just a a little pick me up. And then the final thing is the peak ginger tea. Um, I love this tea for digestion. It's just like a calming, non-caffeine drink that, yeah, it's a pick-me-up. All of these are relatively like energy up, uplifting. Is that the word I'm looking for? Energy up. <laughs> Whereas like, the, I guess the amber light is more like calm, but If you're needing a little extra energy in this airy season, these are going to be some fun self-care tools. So those are my go-tos at the moment. In the show notes, I've got a link to all of the recommendations that I have. I do, like, fair warning, I do make some commission on these, but it's like like 20 cents or something per item. So I'm not doing it for the money by any means. I just, I wanted to get it all in one place for things that I love for those of you that are looking to do a little at-home self-care, a little spa moment on your spring break. That sounds lovely. Okay, I'm done talking about this stuff. I'm so excited for today's guest. If, you know, you are someone who is in this manifestation process, perhaps you're manifesting a partner, perhaps you're manifesting children or a job or a family, whatever it is, this episode is really going to inspire you because Julia, she really, she did the work. She did the spiritual work. She took the action. She made the tough choices and she manifested parenthood, something that she wanted so, so much. It's beautiful. So Julie and I met about a year and a half ago through podcasting and I was so impressed with how articulate she was, you know, with her, the stories that she was telling on her show Her podcast is called Storked, and it shares the stories of families of all types, you know, whether that be what we think of as a traditional family with a a husband, a wife, kids, whatever, and also every other version of a family, same-sex couples, adoption, no children, dog moms, you know, so many different versions of family that is still very much family. And I, I genuinely felt just moved by the stories that she was telling and she's so eloquent in delivering this message and and when after we had become friends and got to know each other she told us there's a group of us that to get get together to talk about podcasting she told us that she was pregnant and that she was doing it solo that she went through the fertility process and that she was in her second trimester gonna have her little son who she now has And I just, she's such a boss, you know? I I know her as a mother. I know her as this podcast creator, but she's also the head of a huge business, right? Like she's a CEO. She's doing all these amazing things and is really rooted in that spirituality. And so she talks about that today. So in this episode, we talk about her path to parenthood, her decision to freeze her eggs, and then ultimately become a solo parent. We talk about you know the fear, the envy, the pain of fertility struggle, which 
both her and I have experienced. We talk about her life as a new mom and how you know, children can really shape who we are as individuals. We talk about her spiritual journey, which was a huge part of the process. Um, she tells a hilarious story about her home insemination kit while fertility clinics were closed during COVID because I didn't even think about that. Like if you were planning to do IVF or IUI and all of a sudden all the clinics are closed, what are you going to do? So she, (laughs) she took matters into her own hands and now just what she's doing to take care of herself as a new mother. Again, her podcast is called Storked, S-T-O-R-K apostrophe D, and it is such a great listen. She releases episodes in season, so you can go ahead and listen to them all. I had the privilege of having conversation with her about the spiritual journey of miscarriage and what that taught me through that process. And so many amazing guests that, you know, if family is something that you are, are seeking to understand or, or looking for insight or inspiration for manifestation, check it out because you will hear every version of family out there on her show. Before we get to that conversation, just a reminder that the next Yoga Magic event is on Wednesday, April 13th at 7 o'clock Central Time. It's Understanding the Elements. We're going to be talking through the four elements, how those show up in your chart, how you can balance them, how you can work with them as your superpower, and just some fun energies that are coming in in the next several months in those different elements and what you can do to use that. So these are low-key casual events on Zoom where we just chat and then we ask questions and yeah I get to see some of you all IRL very fun and if you want to get the self-care for airy season checklist before the end of airy season hop on the yoga magic email list you can get that link in the show notes I will send out about bi-monthly self-care tips ideas cosmic updates and just fun stuff lots of fun stuff in your inbox thank you so much for being here everybody I if you hear me running out of breath in some of these conversations now like apologies it might be that way for the next couple of weeks couple of months (laughs) before uh this baby comes out so thank you for bearing with me i'm so grateful for you you can follow the show at yoga magic podcast and you can follow me at ashley.sondergaard okay let's have this beautiful conversation with julia carroll Oh my gosh. Thank you for being on the show, Julia. It is Monday. I am just like, I was looking forward to this conversation all weekend, mostly for us to catch up, but just to hear all the goodness that's happening in your life. Can you just tell listeners who you are and what's new with you? (laughs) Yeah. Thank you, Ashley. I've been so excited about this too. This is the second time we've had a conversation in recording. um, Although we've had many as, as friends and peers, the first time was on my podcast, Storked, which we'll tell I'll tell you about a little bit. And I'm super nervous to be a guest. You know, I'm so accustomed to being a host where I get to ask all the questions. Um, so I'm Julia. I am uh I'm a new mom. I run a podcast called Storked, which is about the many ways people build and define family. And my day job is actually in finance, where I work with companies that are underperforming and need strategic and operating help to get to the next level. Um, so that's a lot of very random and disparate elements of my personality. I feel there's this weird memory that I have of meeting you. So we met a little over a year ago and doing some podcast work and we have since kept, you know, in touch with a small group of podcasters and we meet every month and we just, it's such this beautiful group. And one day you had, you were, you were just about to arrive on the call. We only really know you from your podcast and from your like journey into exploring family and all, you know, this, this passion that you have, this beautiful passion. And somebody was like, oh yeah, no, Julia is like a boss. Like she has like a huge (laughs) job. She does all these things. And it was just sort of funny to like get to know you based on your passions and your beliefs and then find out like what you do for work. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And it's such a better way to connect with somebody Mm -hmm. when you're connecting heart to heart on like, this is who I am in my soul. Like my soul's purpose is to do this one kind of work. And then my job, which I also love and feel is a different part of my soul's purpose. Um, so often when I'm in like a professional setting, I'm meeting people in a networking context and you're like exchanging business cards back when we used to shake hands and exchange business cards. And it's really nice to be met at a by the person as who I am as a person and to get to show up in that way rather than who I am with my job title. Because my top title, you know, it's 
it's a fancy title. It's president and CEO of a private equity firm, which sounds fascinating, <laughs> sounds, cool. sounds big, but you know, in re- the reality is it's not all that big. It's just a title. Um, and it, it we're a very boutique niche, small firm uh, that does great work. I don't want to d- uh, disparage the firm by any means, but um, I think that the title sometimes gives the wrong impression. It's not who I am by any means. Well, and I think too, that it brings us to, you know, when I introduce myself often, I'm just like, I'm Ashley, I'm a mom of of two, almost three. And like, that's kind of the thing that people will latch onto, but there's, there's so much more there. I'm a self-care coach. I'm an astrologer. I'm a, you know, have this amazing podcast. There's so many pieces. And so that's what I love about this show is I think we get to touch on all of it. Yeah. And we're going to talk today really about that, really that intersectionality of growing up. and also raising children and how they can help us. And perhaps, you know, if, whether we choose to have children or not, how this evolution can play out really through the lens of spirituality, which I'm excited to, to touch on. And, you know, it's interesting because both of our podcasts have a theme, yours is spirituality and mine is family building. And that theme taken independently, um, you know, there's a lot of content and meat to both of those themes, but the core that underlies both of them is a sense of identity. Mm-hmm. And the first step of that is how you introduce yourself. And so even as we're talking about introductions, not to belabor a point, but I realize this is the first time I've ever started with, I'm a mom. Mm. And like, I'm getting chills just saying that. And Me that too. is a term that's like a, that's a moniker. That's a title that I have wanted for so long that it just like, I'm, not, I, I'm just sitting with the moment. Like I just did that on your podcast for the first time and my whole <laughs> life. I get to do this, but like the first time I've ever said, I am a mom first is with you. So that's kind of exciting. Um, yeah. So yes, I, I think that's right. That uh, we contain so much. And unfortunately in our society, we're expected to show up and introduce ourselves with one, you know, one element of who we are, our job or our kids or whatever. And th- there's so much more, both with families, spirituality, and just like identity um, with who we are as people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I want to touch on your journey in yeah. your personal journey into building a family. And then I'm so excited to talk about the work that you're doing with start because it's so beautiful. So when did you decide that you wanted a family and that you wanted children specifically? I think I've always known. I think for me, it wasn't like a decision, like I want kids. There was a decision later on where it looked like if I wanted to have kids, I needed to do it in a non-traditional way. We'll definitely talk about that. And at that point, I had to reconfirm what I sort of always expected. But for me, my journey was more around like, I grew up in a very traditional family. I'm the eldest of three girls. I have two parents who are still married. They are incredible. We're a really tight-knit family. And so I just sort of thought that was what it was going to be for me. I thought I was going to get married and have kids and like do a very traditional, normal path. And to be honest, I had the opportunity in a couple of occasions to um, to settle down with a partner in my early 20s, and it didn't come to fruition. And then I had hoped to settle down with the partner I was dating in my early 30s, and that didn't come to fruition. So, you know, it's it's all signs led to you're going to have a family, and it's going to look the way all other families do. For me, it was not so much about sitting with myself and figuring out do I want a family. It was when it became a sense of urgency. Like Mm -hmm. I, an urgency is not even right. The word, it just, it just felt like there was this huge piece of my soul that was not being fulfilled. That was missing that I was just craving this parenthood, um, and this family building to the point where it just like, like really hurt on a psychic level. Mm -hmm. Um, then I had to say, well, can I be comfortable not having this thing I've always wanted and always expected to have? Um, or if the answer is no, Um, And I sat with myself and I really did a lot of deep reflection. And the answer was, no, I I cannot be comfortable with that choice. Then how am I going to do it? Um, And so my journey to parenthood was that exploration. Like, who am I? What's at my core? What are my values? And if I have to reconcile my values and what I want, which is a family, with the reality of my life, which was being single, then what's my path forward? And so that's what brought us to Stork, the podcast. That's how I stepped into parenthood. Um, and that's what brought us together, you and I. Um, does that make sense? So it was never like, mm-hmm. it was never a, do I want family? It was as as it became more and more clear that that was just so important to me. It was, how do I get family? Yeah. 
your voice and your message is so helpful for so many women. I think so many of us had like some version of what we thought was going to play out in our life that just didn't. And, you know, if a partner was one of them that has not come to fruition at, you know, whatever age starts to feel worrisome in that sense that like, I want children, what am I going to do? You know, just your journey, I think is so inspiring. So at what point did you start? I mean, maybe you don't have to give age specifics, but for those people that are kind of like thinking about this, when did this start where you're like, okay, there's some urgency now. That's a really good question. And I'm I'm happy to give age specifics because I think it's important. I also want to put a caveat that my journey to the path that I chose for parenthood is absolutely the best path for me. Like Mm -hmm. I am so happy with this path. Um, It's absolutely perfect for who I am. In my exploration through Storked, I get to talk to a lot of different families. And what I, one of the takeaways I have is that there's so many paths and each one is right for the person that I speak to. So just because you hear my journey into single parenthood um, and you might be intrigued by it does not mean it's the right path for everyone. Um, and I always want to blanket caveat that because sometimes we're in pain and we say, okay, I'm just going to follow that person or I'm just going to do yeah. what that person did. Um it's absolutely right for me. It may not be right for you. Um, and so my message is just like, get true to who you are and we can use a lot of the spiritual tools and techniques and tips that you Ashley talk about. Um, and we can talk about which ones I used, um, so that you can figure out which path is right for you. And then mm-hmm. by the way, we are so lucky to be living in a time where the intersection of, uh, shifting cultural norms around what family can be and science are evolved to such a point where we have those options. So for me, just to answer your question in the long circuitous route, I was dating somebody in my early thirties. The relationship was good, but um, I think I had that nagging sense in the back of my head, like, what if it doesn't work? Um, Of course it didn't. Right. So there's always that sense of intuition. Mm -hmm. Right. So it, um, so just before the relationship failed, I started to explore freezing my eggs and the relationship failed around 35 Um, I remember actually going into a doctor's office just before the relationship ended and saying, you know, I'm thinking about freezing my eggs. And the doctor um, did not have the bedside manner or the training to be sensitive to all forms of family building and looked me in the face and said, we really prefer you do it naturally. Um, So that was, oh my God, that was a really, so walked away from that doctor. All other doctors have been incredibly supportive. So the relationship ended, I was about 35. I froze my eggs pretty soon after that. I was living at home. I moved home to live with my parents for what I thought was going to be like a week or two of emotional healing. And it ended up being this like nine month period of rebuilding my life. Um, And in that period, I froze my eggs. And I sort of thought at that time, this is my backup plan. This is my contingency. I'm still going to meet people. And I continued to date, continued to date, continued to date. Um, And then it became evident that like the backup plan wasn't going to be plan B. It was going to be plan A. Um, (laughs) Right. So Mm -hmm. at 37, um, it was becoming more and more clear that I was probably going to go down this path. I um, went to Peru and I prayed in the mountains of Peru with these incredible, this incredible shamanic community, which was like one of the most transformative spiritual experiences of my life. And I was sitting with a shaman who had been um, actually hit by lightning twice. What? Uh, (laughs) Right. And so in, in a lot of, um, in a lot of traditions, some big event like getting hit by lightning is an indicator that you're touched by um, universal magic or, wow. or spirit, right? And so this man had been living in the mountains of Peru and he had been um, hit by lightning twice. So he was like extra blessed, right? And so yeah. he was doing these ceremonies on me and I was talking to him through a translator and I said, you know, open my womb, open my heart to love, open my womb to a baby, blah, blah, blah. Still hoping that maybe there was the partner and then the family, but you know, thinking maybe it's not going to happen that way. Then I came back, um, at 37, started dating again. Still, I put myself on the app, still trying, like, maybe this is going to happen. And meanwhile, I set a plan with some friends and my father. Um, and I said, you know, it's just separate conversations sort of set like a, if it doesn't happen by this date, I'm going to begin the process of becoming a single parent. Um, started dating somebody, told him about the plans. Like I was like very clear, like this is my time frame. This is what's going to happen. I'm still kind of dating that guy. And um, 
And along the whole journey, ended up just doing the fertility process in started in January of 2020. Um, when I was 38, I had my son in August of 2021. I'm 39. Um, so yeah, it's it's been this like this parallel path of can I date and meet the right person? And by the way, I'm going to make my own family no matter what. Like, mm-hmm. right? If it doesn't come together in the way that I hope, let's I'm just gonna do this. That was a very long answer. I'm sorry. No, it's great. And I'm just like, I'm thinking it through the lens of, of, of manifestation, right? Like there's yes. this balance of getting clarity and, and dealing with your shadows and your fears, and then also taking action. And I, I, I see, I hear you playing all of those out live time that the shadow piece of it, like what <laughs> struggling with that, like society and also just like your own internal fears. What did you do to work with that enough to be like, okay, I'm going to do, and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it by myself. Yeah. That's a really good question. And the first you, you mentioned manifestation. I'm going to touch on that first and then talk to the shadow. Um, I absolutely believe the style of manifestation where you imagine it's already come true. Mm-hmm. So when I named the podcast Storked, it's intentionally um, uh, past tense, right? Even though I was not pregnant at the time, I was just beginning my journey, my, my fertility, the fertility portion of my journey, because I was imagining that it would happen, that I would have a kid. And so now I sit here and it has come true. You know, I can look at my goals. I can look at my manifestations and my intentions, and I can see that the thing that I imagined in my mind's eye came to fruition. So manifestation, absolutely believe that that's a tool that helped me in my journey. Um, but there were some other tools. So the shadow part, you know, if you're going to, if I'm going to put name to my fears, you know, the first fear that came up for me, um, when the breakup happened, this, the breakup of my 30, when I was 35 was the first fear was like, oh, this is never going to happen for me. I never get to have this thing that all my friends get. And coincidentally, it was when all of my friends were having babies, you know, their first or sometimes their second kid. I was going to a lot of like one-year-old birthday parties. I was buying a lot of baby clothing for other people. And that was just so painful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it just was like a really like an acute, sharp pain of seeing other people get this thing. And so there was a lot of the shadow of like, why not me? Why don't I get this? Um, and then the second shadow piece was like, am I not worthy of love that my relationship ended? You know, that like, am I not worthy enough that this person wanted to stay with me and build a family with me? Um, and of course I know now it, when it, when you're out of the fog of sadness, I can see that it wasn't a worthiness issue. It was just an incompatibility issue. And I'm going to say this with as much emphasis as I can muster we are all worthy of love and we are all worthy of a family. We just don't always get to have it in the way that society tells us we should have it. Right. So just because I'm a single mom, mom doesn't mean that I'm not worthy of having the family that I want or that I'm not worthy of having love down the road or whatever it might be. So I just can't emphasize that enough, whatever you're going through in life, particularly when it comes to love and family, it has nothing to do with worthiness. It's all circumstantial. I'm glad that you pointed out the point, you know, that fear, rather the, the pain that you would feel in that time where you're like seeing your friends and you're going to these birthday parties. And I think so many of us that have been through any sort of fertility struggles or just timeline shifts yeah. felt that I remember not, I had, I was like, I am so in a, such a good spot after my miscarriage. I was like, we're going to dinner. We're going to have a date night. It was just like fun. Like maybe it was like six months after it was a while. And there was this beautiful family with their little newborn right next to us. And I, I couldn't handle it. I was shocked at myself. I was like, this is I had to go to the bathroom and just cry. And again, I was, I was like, I'm done. I don't want any more kids. Like this is fine. And they, it sneaks up on us. And it, you had said too, like, it's like, it's so oh, painful. So I just yeah. send love to anyone that feels that you can't explain it. Yeah. And I think the shitty thing about shadow work and these really like painful moments, um, is is what you just mentioned is that like you had to get comfortable with the idea that maybe it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. As much 
as I was holding out hope and creating space to welcome what I wanted into my life. The second, the corollary thing I had to do was get comfortable with the what if. What if it doesn't happen? You know, what if I don't ever meet my partner? Um, what if I don't ever get married? What if I don't ever have a family? And and so you, you sort of have to parallel path both things. You know, I'm going to work towards the family building, but I also have to make an amazing life that I would be proud of should I not have a family and that would be fulfilling to me should I not have a family. And so that's where things like the podcast came from or my uh, I spent a lot of time traveling and it was sort of like my sense was, now's my time to travel. If I have a family, there'll be a time when I don't have the financial resources. We'll have to go to a kid. They can't go to my travel and my growth and exploration as a person. And also I can't wait around for the life that I hope to come. I want to live an amazing life now, just in case the family stuff never comes. Um, and same thing with dating. Like I want to put myself out there and put myself on the apps or, you know, go out on these dates and they may be horrible. Maybe I'll meet somebody. I also have to be comfortable, like comfortable enough with who I am as a person that if I'm single forever, um, that's okay too. You know, and, and what's really unfortunate is that for those of us who are facing these struggles and it isn't exclusively family building, you know, it can be around love. It can be around finding your dream career or, um, whatever it is. Um, sometimes it's even around health battles. We have to do extra work than the people who get it easy, right? Like you have to do the work of creating what you want, which is so much work, but also creating a life that you're happy with. If you don't get what you want, that's like two or three or four, 20 times the amount of work that everyone else has to do. A lot of people just like a lot of, it's got, oh my God, so much journaling. Other people just get to get pregnant, like, or they just get to meet their person in like college or at a party or whatever. Like, and so that they're the other shadow piece. And I don't know if you feel this too ever is like, this is so unfair. You know, this is so unfair. Um, and so anyone who is facing that in any part of their life, like, why do I have to work so hard? Why do I have to go so many dates? Why do I have to do so much journaling and so much meditation? And for me, I did a lot of coaching at one point and then I was like, I'm done with outside voices in my head, but, um, yeah, it's just unfair, you know? Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. And that's, I think the surrender, you were just describing the surrender in my mind of like, okay, I have a plan, you know, this is it. If, and I, I like to use the, if then, so if this happens, then this, right? Like I've got, I've got other plans too. And that's where the surrender comes in. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, that's so, thanks for being so honest about that too, because, you know, manifestation is beautiful, but it is not, it's not clean. <laughs> it's like right. kind of all over the place. And I want to hear a little bit more about now that you are in it, you know, yeah. you are a mama, you have your, your beautiful little one here what have been the ups and downs? Like, what have you noticed about your individual evolution? Like, how has your life changed for good and bad? There's been this great confirmation that this is absolutely 100% what I was meant to do. I I have no doubt in my mind, even since the second I got pregnant or even the second I started trying, there was this sense of calm that came over me that like my anxious monkey chaotic brain just sort of like stopped being as anxious and chaotic. And it was this certainty. Like I walked into my fertility journey with so much confidence and certainty, having made the decision to become a single mom. And it was, it was instant. It was like, once I confirmed that path, everything opened up and it was that flow state happened and it's continued. You know, now I don't want to say that it's always easy. It's not like, oh, I I made this choice and therefore I'm not going to have um, morning sickness. Like, no, your body does what it needs to do, right? <laughs> right. Like, not that I'm not going to have a difficult labor or parenthood isn't going to be difficult. But so for me, the first step of the rest of my life was that the decision making, and. I want to highlight that because I don't think we celebrate the decision-making enough. One thing I always um, talk to my friends about is that like just making the choice to open up a dating app or put your resume out there or start a fertility journey or just, or begin a creative process, launch a podcast. That decision is the point we should celebrate. We have no control over the outcome. We have no control over whether or not you get pregnant, whether or not you find that job, whether or not you find that partner, but the decision to take ownership and control of your life is the thing that we should be throwing parties for one another over, you know? Mm. So for me, that was 
that was the unfolding. It happened at the decision point. Since then, um, the sense of calmness, I think I'm like a changed person. I think I'm a much less anxious person since taking control over my life and making this choice. You know, as a mom, that calmness is not a solid state. (laughs) It comes and goes. And there are moments when you're like, definitely not calm. And you know, the baby's crying and you're like, you're also crying. Um, so, (laughs) so I don't want to presume or, or make the uh, statement that I'm always calm, but I do think I'm a more calm person. I also know that I'm like just a genuinely happier person since having my kid. And I hate putting that out there in public because that's not true for everyone. And I don't want anyone to walk away and say, if I just had the thing I've been yearning for, I'll be happy. If I just have the baby, if I just have the partner, if I just have the job, if I just you know, launch my business, I'll be happy. That's not true. It's true that I am currently very, very, very happy. But I think that happiness is not because I attained or achieved what I was hoping for, but because I got true to who I am and what I needed and like my purpose in life. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and it just so happens that this sense of purpose connects with the thing I wanted. Um, So I think those are the two things. I think I'm also learning to be more present. I I had no idea when people say like, it goes so fast. I really didn't understand it. And I still don't. And like, I blink and he's doing something. My son is doing something today that he wasn't doing yesterday. And there's a part of me that's like, yay, like you're doing it. I'm seeing you grow. It's amazing. And then there's a part of me that's like, no, don't do that. I'm not ready. I want you to still be this like teeny tiny little munchkin. Um, So I I struggle with the passage of time and with making sure that I am fully present. Prior to having him, I was the person that would be like on a phone call and texting and doing my email at the same time. And like, I thought I was a really good multitasker and that I could simultaneously do all of those things. It's possible I was lying to myself. (laughs) Um, But certainly it's not something you can do when you're watching a kid. So I'm working on the presence. Does that answer your question? Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you say purpose, is there any markers in your birth chart? Do you know your chart well enough to know like where this is yes. for you? Yeah. My North node is in cancer. Okay. I was <laughs> the way you're talking about, is it really? Oh yeah. my gosh. For listeners that aren't like, so cancer is the nurture cancer is the mother energy. It's like the ultimate mama bear. And that's North node is your purpose in life. And so, oh my God, that gives me like full body goose. That's yeah. amazing. And I didn't fully understand or appreciate the North node until well after I was headed down this path. And also, um, after I'd launched the podcast and I was like, oh, well, of course I launched a podcast about family building. Like my, this, my purpose is to be a family builder. Um, the other thing that's true for me is I am, um, my rising is in Capricorn. So when you talk about like, oh, you have a big title. And I'm like, what are you talking about? That's not me at all. That's the Capricorn showing up. And then like the internal, my moon is in Aquarius. And so I'm like, in my heart, I am not an organized like professional (laughs) and to the outside world I am, which is a very weird, confusing thing. But yeah. So I, Uh, So I talk about that from an astrological point of view, or you're picking up on the astrology behind the purpose. I also have a friend who's a purpose coach. And so she and I did some work together around like, it's kind of like your Simon Sinek finding your why, but I think she, she gets a little deeper than I was able to get reading the books, the Simon Sinek books. And I did some, some life coaching around like, that's where we worked through all the shadow work, like where you, you show up and say, I'm not good enough. Why am I not good enough? And uh, the life coach that I worked with, I actually worked with two. One was more career focused and one was more life focused. The life coach, who is an astrologer as well, whom you've interviewed, Ambie Sitham. Oh my gosh, yeah, um, Ambie. I love yeah, her. Ambie Kavanaugh now. I'm sorry. When I knew her, it was Ambie Sitham. Um, she was the one to like really help me work through like, no, but who are you as a person? And when you recognize who you are, then you can figure out what you want and need. And that's that's what she did with me. And then I applied the Capricorn. Okay. If this is who I am, this is what I want. There are like 10 different ways to get there. And how am I going to figure out which one is the right one for me? So that's where I started like doing the project maps. And if you saw my goals, they're very time specific around like three months, six months, three years, you know, um, and we'll revisit this every quarter. (laughs) (laughs) Here's a, here's a question. That's something that just like is running through my mind through all of this. Now that you are, 
here in this journey of motherhood, so much of what I work with, with clients on with myself on is learning to ask yeah. for help, right. In order to be able to have time and space to stay whole as an individual, how do you do that as a single parent? Like, what does that look like for you asking for help? Oh my God. I think that's one of my life lessons. Um, you know, I was the person who was like, eight and a half months pregnant. And I like rearranged the furniture in the nursery by myself. Cause I think we all do that, honestly, but we pretend like we don't like our, I'm lounging, I'm resting, but actually like, I'm totally redoing the house right totally, now. <laughs> totally. And it like, I could have asked for help, but instead I was like, no, 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 I got this. And I was literally like lifting and moving heavy furniture. <laughs> like a lay down the rug. <laughs> so it's been, um, it's been one of the most humbling and most remarkable life lessons. The number of people who have showed up and shown me support in a lot of different ways. And I, I think the, the people are just remarkable beings. They're just so filled with love. And if you give someone an opportunity to show up for you, they do. And there's the voice inside me that's like, no, no, you don't have to do that. I can do it. I can do it all by myself. Like I don't need you um, because I feel bad and I feel guilty either asking for or receiving help. And yet you say you're having a kid as a single people parent and like people just show up, they come with food or they come with baby gifts or they come with books that are useful or they show up and say like, you know, can I hold your kid while you shower? Which a friend of mine did this week. Um, I was walking down the street just yesterday. I had the baby strapped to me. I had like a couple of big bags for donation that I was walking down the street with. And um, a couple stopped me and they were pushing their grandson and she goes, Oh my gosh, your shoes are untied. Can I tie your shoes? And it's that moment of like, yeah, you can just stand there holding your kid and let some stranger tie your shoes for you. So to answer your question, how do you welcome it? I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning how to just say, okay, you want to give me some gift or you want to give me some love? Like I will take it. Um, but it's hard for me. I'm, I'm used to doing things on my own. A good friend of mine, who's also a Capricorn, lots of Capricorn in her chart, with her whole family was down with COVID. They were stuck at home for a long time and it was her birthday. And she is not somebody who would normally like ask for things really. She's so giving and so wonderful. Anyways, she texted me and she's like, okay, actually, yes, I really would like you to bring me donuts. I specifically, and like, she gave me all the specifics of like the donuts that she wanted. And it was so fun. And it, for me, it felt so good to be able to, to give to her and support her in that, you know, sugary way, but it's, it's a mutual Mm -hmm. thing. Right. And you know what it showed me. And I think what's so beautiful and contagious about you're talking about is that, that I can do that too. In a moment when I'm needing some help, it is so good and encouraged to ask for help. Yeah. I love, I love the donuts. Is that something you do? Is that a service you provide? Can I just ask for donuts? No, not normally, <laughs> but I eat a lot of donuts while pregnant. So there's just, we just, we know all the good spots. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Gosh, it is. It wasn't until this Christmas actually, when a very um, important person in my life said that they didn't want a Christmas present. And I got very upset and that I realized, you know, the gift giving or the showing up for someone is just as much for the person who's trying to show up as it is for you. You know, and it's actually very selfish not to accept it. I know that sounds sort of counterintuitive and backwards, but like the fact that you were able to give donuts, I see you light up when you talk about that. I see, I see your <laughs> smile and that, you know, what a gift that you got to receive to feel like you were able to help a friend. I want to switch gears just a little bit, talk a little bit more about the spiritual connection yeah. to our children. And have you read Spirit Babies? Have you read that? Book? I haven't. I have to tell you, I used okay. to read talk about the Capricorn. My goal is to read at least a book a week and it has been for years. And I keep track of every book and I like rate them and like all that stuff. Do you still do? (laughs) It's like, oh my gosh. Since, since having the baby, um, shocker, I haven't read a single book. (laughs) Okay. Fair. (laughs) So no, I haven't read spirit babies and I want to tell you that I'll put it on my list. Um, except that that's going to keep too much pressure. So why don't you give me the abridged version? (laughs) Okay. Well, it's this idea. It's just a method for connecting with baby and connecting with the baby that is meant for you. And there's just a lot of, you know, we've, I've talked about it on your show around this spiritual belief that our, our children choose us. And I think that that book was just like, it really gave me a lot of comfort. And I'm, I'm curious to know what your 
beliefs are around your spiritual connection to your son, um, to this path, like it being the right path for you. Did that play a part in this, in this journey for you? Oh, 100%. So if I'm going to tell you very quickly about my spiritual journey, I think I started, uh, I started with yoga, which is where so many people start. And I did a yoga teacher training and then another, and then another, and then I did one on trauma informed yoga, um, which was really intended for practitioners who are mental health professionals. And there's me in finance, like, no, no, I need, I need to learn this. I don't know why, but my spirit is saying (laughs) it needs to learn this. And it was literally one of the most beautiful and exquisite things I've ever done is learn trauma-informed yoga. I don't apply it um, in like a formal context. Like I'm not a practitioner teaching yoga, but I think those concepts have applied everywhere. And from there, I went deeper and deeper and deeper and ended up doing um, some deep spiritual exploration with Ambi, with others, um, through Peruvian shamanic traditions, et cetera. And in each step, I felt like I was getting closer to who I am as a person, who I, what I want to be as a person and like my soul's purpose. So we talked about the purpose coach, but it's also the, sh- the spiritual journey that like, to some extent, a spiritual journey is not necessarily about what you know and how you're trained. It's, so it doesn't matter if you know astrology or how to read tarot cards or you know how to create a sound bath or whether you're a healer, quote unquote. To me, a spiritual journey is just taking off the layers of BS and nonsense that surround us so that we can get to your like true authentic core. And so mm. as my spiritual journey progressed, my fertility journey and my my sense of self and my sense of who I am going to be progressed. And so I absolutely think they're totally tied with this culminating mountaintop Peruvian shamanic experience, um, literally asking for a blessing on my womb. So when you then think about the baby... Um, I did a lot of things to try and get pregnant. My fertility journey never got to IVF. I had frozen my eggs. We're going to talk about technical. And then um, when I was 35, when I decided to do the fertility journey, the world shut down with COVID and the fertility clinic stopped. They stopped taking new Mm -hmm. patients. It was like a dead stop. And at this point, my train, my fertility train was already moving. And I was, my soul's train was like, I'm going and I am not going to stop regardless of the pandemic. So, um, worked with my doctor and a friend who's an OBGYN, um, and the guy who would later become my fertility doctor and figured out how to do at home insemination. (laughs) What? I did, I did at home insemination. I did it. Um, Amazing. First, I used a product called Mosey Baby, which is designed for at-home insemination. I had my friend who was an OBGYN come and do it on the couch. You know, so like ridiculous. Like it didn't work. Capricorn, let's do this. Seriously. And like, God love a friend who's like, talk about accepting help. Who's like, I will come over. I will help you dethaw the sperm that comes in the coolest package of nitric oxygen or whatever it's called uh, ever and, and help you do an at-home fertility treatment on your couch. Um, I'm digressing and, and going a little off topic, but what I mean by this is like each step was both very technical and highly spiritual. Like by doing that, I was saying to the universe, yes, I am ready at all costs. Like this may not be the try that gets me there, but like, this is me saying, I want this, I need this. um, And I'm willing to show up and do whatever it takes to achieve this. Simultaneously, I was having conversations about adoption and foster parenting and other options, which are still wonderful options. But so for me, the spiritual thing was first showing up and saying, yes. The second thing that I think called the baby to me um, were, was getting a dog actually. Um, Mm. I was fostering two puppies and I ended up keeping one. He is a maniac. Um, like not in a good way. He's been in severe intensive training, but the showing up and loving and parenting in some way, even if it wasn't parenting a child, but parent being a parent and saying, I'm already a parent. I'm just welcoming in my human baby was another form of showing up for spirit. And, and then finally this baby picked me and was a resilient fighter because the, tri- the try that worked once the fertility clinics opened up and we started trying, um, I actually had a surgery in between the at-home insemination and the tr- attempts that worked. It, again, that saying like, 
I am doing everything I can to clear my body and my soul for this. But the try that worked was the one that was not supposed to work. So it was my third IUI. And the doctor called me and he said, look, you know, we've sort of mistimed the medication. Your eggs have like matured past the point where it's probably going to work. Your chance of success has gone down from 11 or 12% to like five or 6%. This isn't going to work. What do you want to do? And again, the technical and the spiritual meet, I um, decided to move forward with it because if I did three rounds of IUI, then I could move on to IVF with my insurance. So the alternative was to wait um, and do a third round of IUI later or to do IVF immediately and pay out of pocket. Um, and it was that try, that one where the doctor was like, this isn't going to work. Like 6% likelihood is probably not going to happen. Are you sure you still want to move forward with this? Had I not said yes, because, you know, insurance reasons, um, it, it, I would not have my son right now. So he was this like little fighter who it worked against all odds, you know, again, a very long winded answer, but I think it's important that like, when we're talking about manifestations, it's not sufficient to just sit and journal and wait for things to happen. You have to imagine what's coming. And then also, I don't want to use the word you have to, I encourage you to imagine what you want to have happen. And then also take the action steps, pull the Capricorn, you know, make the, make the plans, do the things, you know, and those two things have to merge. Um, and there has to be some luck too. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. This is, you're making me excited. Like there, I don't get, I'm excited for baby, but I'm also just like this whole journey. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yours is a lot. Like, it's just, it's a lot. What do you do now? Like, what are your practices, your self-care practices to keep you in a state of fullness as full as you can be in that first year of of baby? Oh my God. I don't know. I probably need some advice on that. Um, (laughs) I, I miss journaling. I haven't had the, um, the space to journal. So like, there's a part of me that the Capricorn part of me is like, but I have to document everything. And like, what, what am I going to do years from now? And I'm not going to remember all the little details. So if I'm not documenting everything, like, what am I going to do? There's no time to document anything. Um, And then there's the part of me, the Aquarius part of me, you know, that's like, that, that misses just the dreamy talking to your spirit guides stuff. And I just haven't had the time to journal because it's not like you just schedule a journal session and then it pours out of you. It has to come from like that heart-centered space. Um, Sometimes I will do like a little, not a prayer, but like a little conversation with the universe or my angels or however you feel connected while nursing because... Right. So yes. I'm like nursing the baby and I'll just be like, thank you for this. And it's always gratitude centered, um, you know, always thankful for what I have. But for instance, I was having a really hard time nursing from months like three to five. We had a great time the first three months. And then like all of a sudden it went to hell in a handbasket. And I was, it was so stressful to both the baby and I would cry every time. And so there was a lot of like, prayer. Like, I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful for this opportunity to parent. He's amazing. He's so wonderful. Thank you for bringing him into my life. If by any chance you see fit to make him a comfortable nurser, I really want to feed him, you know? (laughs) And that was the conversation we're having. That's yeah. Nursing. That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother podcast, but yeah, he (laughs) he got down to 5% weight and I like lost it. And now we're back up to 15%. That's yeah. But you went back to your practices, right? Like you went back to the things that, you know, work for you. Oh yeah. I just, I'm, again, I'm this is making me excited and motivated. You're such an expander for me. And I hope that the people that listen to this are feeling that same sense of, okay, like I can create this beautiful reality for myself in any circumstance, like with some, you know, belief and self-care and surrender can you share with listeners about your show? Because it's, it's so many beautiful stories like this that I think will, that I know are already inspiring so many people around what family is and you know, how, what it can be in so many different forms. Yeah. I I appreciate you asking that. And I've touched on it a little bit throughout this conversation, but if it wasn't clear when I was going through the decision-making process for how I wanted to create a family, I was having conversations like the one we're having right now. Like, how did you approach this? How did you think about that? What is your life like? And I did it with everyone. So I was talking to people who had adopted kids, adopted them single, adopted them with with, uh, 
a partner. I was talking to people who chose not to have kids or couldn't have kids or went the foster parent. You, you name it. I had the conversation and I had these like heart opening, glorious, amazing conversations with people who are so raw and tender and honest. And so I decided to press record. So that's what you're going to see in the, the show is just this celebration of every possible path. Mine happens to be having a kid, um, using my eggs and a sperm donor and, um, and doing it as a single parent. That's one of like a million possible paths. So I would hate for somebody to walk away from this and say, this is the only thing that she talks about. And also this is the only path forward. Um, what I love about the conversations is every time I think I, I know pretty much what there is to know about how to create a family. I meet somebody who's done it in an even more interesting or more exquisite way. And all of my guests have had to have that moment of reckoning that I did about who am I and what what am I going to do if life hasn't presented me things um, that look the way I expected. And all of my guests have had to make that choice. Okay, what's my next step? What am I willing to do in order to get what I want? What is it that I want? And so that's what the podcast is. It's a celebration of families with the underlying belief that we all deserve family, however we choose to define it. And we all deserve that our families should be celebrated. So I deserve for somebody to say, wow, you're a single mom. That's awesome. Um, just as much as somebody who chooses not to have kids deserves to hear your choice mm-hmm. is valid too. And you, you deserve mm-hmm. that, right? Um, or somebody who's choosing to exclusively foster and never... Uh, and and just be a place, a safe landing spot for children who need it. That's awesome and valid. And, you know, there, or somebody who chooses that their animals are their family. That's awesome and valid. That's what the podcast is all about. And I really hope that listeners choose to tune in or share their stories. I love it. It's such a beautiful show. You do such a good job of, of sharing and, and storytelling. You're such a good storyteller. And I think you really you know, you help the listener having, or rather the the guest having been a guest, tell it from this like heart-centered place that is, you know, again, it's about, we're all in this together, no matter what version. And I'm so glad you did touch, you do on the show, touch on not having children because is like, that is not something that everyone has to do. I've heard recently from people that are very close to me that are the most incredible, supportive, wonderful friends and family members who've said having more than one kid as a single parent is selfish. And um, it used to be that having kids as a gay couple was selfish because you were, you know, how are you going to share your values? You know, so Um, This is why I say the intersection of where we are culturally and science is so remarkable because we, I don't want to say are waking up because that has so much political connotation, but we culturally are becoming more aware that all of these paths are wonderful and we're starting to be more supportive of every correct path. And I say every correct path, meaning every path that we choose is an acceptable path. Um, And also the science is offering us more and more opportunity to create the families we want, whether it's embryo donation, egg freezing, um, egg donation, sperm donation, um, fostering, you know, choosing not to have kids, whatever. That's amazing. But sometimes we have to catch up so that, you know, sometimes that sense of like, what is acceptable has to catch up. You know, sometimes there's somebody who says something like, it is selfish not to have kids and they don't really mean it, but their old paradigm of seeing the world just hasn't caught up with what the world is now. And it will, you know, that's why we share these stories. That's why you share your stories mm-hmm. in the same way that the old paradigm of what is spirituality, it doesn't always mean going to church every day, every Sunday hasn't yet caught up all the time. Where the, the stories have to expand what spirituality could be and what self care could be. That's why podcasts are so. <laughs> you and I both are <laughs> a little biased. Oh my gosh, Julia, this just like made my week. It, I the I love weekends, but I'm always like very excited for Monday oh. because I love my work, and this is just the perfect way to start. Thank you so much for sharing and being on the show. I appreciate it. I always appreciate our conversations. I'm always disappointed when they end because it's such a joy to talk to you. Um, But I appreciate your audience and I appreciate you asking such wonderful questions. It's, It's been a joy to connect. 
Can you tell listeners where they can find your podcast, where they can find you a little bit more about your journey? Yes, absolutely. So um, my podcast is now in season three. We release in seasons. Um, So season four will be coming out in the spring. You can find it in Apple. It's storked with an apostrophe, S-T-O-R-K apostrophe D. Um, You can also find it in storkedpodcast.com and on Instagram at um, at storked underscore podcast. Definitely take a listen to the stories that you know you're excited to hear about and maybe one that you never even considered like we have a story on polygamy and polyamorousness and I learned so much from that even though it's not a path I've ever considered for myself Um, sign up for the newsletter and then you know if you are personally experiencing something and you want to an ear to listen to I'm always happy to do that offline Um, if you've had an interesting journey and you want to share it always happy to showcase your story Thank you so much, Julie. I'm so glad we've been connected. Yes. Thank you for your time. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. Thank you to Julia for sharing your beautiful story, for telling the messages, sharing the stories of families on your show, Storked. Be sure to check that out. Again, it's Storked, S-T-O-R-K apostrophe D. And there are several seasons out for you to enjoy. And please follow us on Instagram, everybody. I'm at Yoga Magic Podcast, and mine is at Ashley.Sondergaard. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next week.